Hello, welcome to Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Today we're going to be talking about uh, part three of offensive philosophy. This is a three-part series, so this is the last podcast about offensive philosophy uh, here uh, in the 2020, wow, 2020 offseason. Uh, I feel like 2015 was yesterday. That's when we mo- when we moved up here to West Virginia, uh, but but life comes at you fast, and it's been a, a fun journey. But man, has that uh, has that has that gone really really quick? Um, but so this is the the last installment of the offensive philosophy um, podcast for this off season. Um, I haven't done much on offense uh, since I started this podcast. When did I started, I started it. Gee whiz, a while back. I'm looking here at Buzzsprout. Uh, on June 28th, 2017, um, really had a lot of a lot of thoughts in my head, and I was I was thinking to myself, what can I do to help uh, other coaches? Uh, what can I do to help people? Um, you know, schematically, maybe to to find meaning in what they're doing uh, as far as their work. To preach a little gospel in the uh, in the podcast as well, so it's all good stuff. Um, and I've been really, it's been really fun to to do this podcast and continue to do it. And I I always try to keep these um, relatively short, uh, especially the ones that's just me. Uh, about twenty minutes or less is usually what I like to do because we're all busy people, and we don't have the time to listen to like two hour long podcasts, or at least I don't. Um, so I try to keep it relatively, uh, relatively short. So, um, just some plugs for some previous podcasts. Uh, the most recent one before this one, uh, was Kevin Board. Really excellent podcast. He's a really excellent, really, really good coach. Um, he's a guy that, uh, coaches up in Ohio, uh, at a school called New Lexington. And, uh, he is doing a great, great job there. Really proud. Um, of him, I met him a, a couple of years ago. He was starting his his journey at Petersburg uh, here in West Virginia, and um, man, he's just he's done great, great things. Uh, and then offensive philosophy part two, uh, and then offensive philosophy was before that one. And then uh, Coach T Mac um, was on December first. Uh, he is a really really good football coach down in Florida. He has his own play fast football website his brand they're about to do a clinic in florida so if you're in florida uh, please look him up uh, so you can uh, go to his clinic and talk some football he has all kinds of speakers there i was looking at a tweet he put out he talked about what's his question was what's his offensive philosophy and he had speakers who were uh, wing t single wing spread all kinds of stuff so um, whatever flavor you're looking for uh, he has a a wonderful wonderful brand he is working on down there in, in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, called Play Fast Football. Uh, so those are some plugs for some previous podcasts. If you have not listened to those, those are ones I highly recommend because I put them together, right? So um, those are some some good ones. So the last installment of Offensive uh, Philosophy, so part three of Offensive Philosophy, um, we're just going to talk about kind of some trends I've noticed. Um that this year, uh, these last couple years, and uh, how that affects 
my view of offensive philosophy as as I go forward. So, um, you know, the spread is something that uh, is relatively new. I, I would say I first heard of spread concepts when I was in college. Um, I was playing at Liberty, and our base personnel is 21 personnel under center and the ball to a guy named Rashad Jennings, who ended up playing in the NFL for a little bit. That was a good philosophy. And uh, we started dabbling with some uh, some zone read. Uh, I remember blocking it. Uh, like 22, 23 was our inside zone, and then we'd give a book tag off that book. It meant you read it, or the quarterback read it, excuse me. It was a double option, and um, we did a triple option. I don't remember exactly what we called it, but – um, that was something we we had gotten we had gotten into um, into doing, and as a matter of fact, I think as I think about it, when I was at East Carolina the year before with Skip Holtz, um, I was a backup offensive lineman. We ran some triple option off the inside off inside zone and uh, threw some you know some fast screens or key screens. But I didn't play really at all except for on special teams. So my playing experience with it was at, at Liberty. And um, we didn't even throw, like, the bubble screen off it. When we threw our bubble screen, um, we just called it. We reached to it. And the quarterback usually was under center. He just took a snap, one step, and let it go. Um, so that was really my first introduction to the spread. Like, what is spread? What does that look like? Uh, what are we talking about? And then my, uh, in my first coaching job out of college was at a, a place where the coach was a spread coach and we were running run, we were running inside zone um, long trap right so play sides blocking down to their their near gap kicking out the in-man line of scrimmage we ran some gt counter which is still one of my favorite plays um you know our quick we had quick game we had um some drop back stuff some rollout stuff but it was spread because it was 10 personnel Two by two, three by one, ninety something percent of the time, um, and, and that was something that was really starting to catch on. That would have been two thousand nine, the two thousand nine football season, and I think spread has really gone into every aspect of football. You see it in the NFL, in college, um, people are trying to get athletes in space, get them the ball. Um, you know, equate numbers in the run game in the box. I know when I call plays, I'm looking at if we're in a, a spread formation, um, how many people are in the box, and then that determines how many people are covering receivers, what coverage are they in, what structure are they in. And that's all things that you can tell in like a blink of an eye because the formation is, is spread. Um, and I think spread is good. I think in my short tenure as a head coach going on year six this, ne- this next season, um, Spread has worked well for us uh, as far as offensive numbers, scoring points. I think that's that's really really good. Um, and I, I'm going to say that spread has changed the game. So people, you know, back in the day, you know, the old 50 slant angle defense, you know, they would burn flat to the boundary or to the field because you know people are in two or three backs and. You're not throwing the ball out there, but now these days, if you don't cover down people, then um, you're not going. You're going to go up some points because people are going to throw the RPO out there. They're going to throw the bubble, throw the hitch, throw the speed out, all that kind of stuff. Um, so spread makes you defend 53 and a third 
which is the length of the field, right? 53 and a third yards. Excuse me, that's the width of the field. 53 and a third yards every snap um, because you can get the ball to different places. Um, so spread, obviously, is, is really popular. One thing I, I've noticed, though, uh, especially in high school football, um, and I watch high school state championship games from a couple different states. Um, I was looking at Texas the other day. Uh, I really like to watch the Georgia high school state championships because those are places um, – well, that's a place, excuse me, that I coached, um, was in the state of Georgia, uh, watched the West Virginia state championships. And what I noticed was um, most of the teams in the state championship, and specifically the teams that won the state championship, um, were in three receivers or less most of their snaps. So it's funny how cyclical football is. Um, you know, I'm noticing there's teams, I'm watching the Georgia state championships, there's teams in the eye, teams in the wing T. Uh, Jonathan Guest at Elka, um, who – uh, has a podcast of his own. Um, they're in like more 20 personnel, right? They want to run the football, run some option um, off their power counter jet game. Uh, but then I'm watching, you know, a team and the wing T in class AA score the most points in um, in the state championship game. I would have been Dublin, um, Dublin High School in Georgia. And Coach Roger Holmes actually does a Southeast wing T clinic. So if you're interested in that, look him up on Twitter, Roger Holmes, Southeast Wing T Clinic. And they score 42 points. It's the most points scored in the state championship games. Um, you know, and you go to, for example, Class 4A, Blessed Trinity, a lot of eye formation. They won the state championship game 17-14. Um, you know, and that's just one state. You know, I, I think about, uh, you know, Bridgeport up here in West Virginia um, in the AA state championship game. You know, they're – Two back, stick eye, run the football at you, and they win a lot of games. A lot of games doing that, um, you know. So it's interesting to see kind of it come full circle, especially in the games I was uh, I was watching the high school games. I uh, I got to see um, the film that you know I I share with other people and they share with me, right? So we were spread last year, right? Um, uh, 10 personnel, a little bit of 20 personnel. And I'm, but I'm asking for film of more pro-style offenses because I think that's something that uh, may want to be a, a, a tool in the toolbox for us uh, these next uh, this next year, the next couple of years. Because um, I think it's important that it, you can change personnel formations. It makes it hard on the defense. Um, so you have this infusion of spread – about a decade ago, and then you see the more traditional, off traditional right offenses coming back. So your I, your wing T, your twenty personnel, um, you know, even you see some triple, like some some flex bone in, in some film I'm looking at. I've seen I've seen single wing, seen the power T, seen double wing, and you know I love to ask people why do you run what you run, and it comes back to, one, what's your personnel at your school? Uh, because that is the most important thing out there. If you have a school that has a bunch of wide receivers and a quarterback um, and not a very good offensive line, you should probably get in the air raid and try to try to chuck it. If you have a good offensive line, maybe some guys that can be tailbacks, 
a running quarterback. Maybe you're in some version of what Auburn has made popular, right, with Gus Miles on running the quarterback inside zone, power, counter. Um, if you're at a school that has a lot of tight end fullback bodies, wing T, I, double wing, um, because in high school you don't get to recruit. I know I've talked about this on previous podcasts ad nauseum, but we really have to take what we have and mold all of our scheme into, okay, who are going to be the best 11 to 15 guys that are going to be on the field that can execute this. Um, and we can be good at it because that's going to change almost every year. I'm at a school right now where our starting tailbacks the last two seasons were seniors, and then they just were gone. They were they played for us for one year, and they were done. Um, so you didn't get much chance to develop, right? We've had some wide receivers the same way. They were they're seniors, some linemen. Um, so you're trying to make things as simple as possible and and mold it to what they're good at, and then um, you go from there. And then on top of personnel being like number one, uh, priority. I think the second one when I talk to people is what gives us a chance to win. So, if you're just better than other people, then you just you can run whatever really because you're going you have better people. But if it's a you're going to be very competitive, right? You have like an even amount of talent. Maybe you're better a couple weeks. Maybe you're worse a couple weeks. I think trying to be a little unique is the key because you want to be somebody that's tough to prepare for um, when you when you play somebody. Now, what does that mean? What do I mean tough to prepare for? If your conference is all, uh, I don't know, wing T, and you're trying to be the up-and-comer in the conference, then maybe you should be something different, right? Or if your conference is all spread, maybe you should be I formation or single wing or double wing or something of that nature because – you're a unique preparation for the teams that you are going to play. And they have to prepare differently for you than the other teams in the conference. And you know, high school football here in the state of West Virginia, we play JV on Monday, so that day is basically a wash for varsity because we don't have a separate JV and varsity staff. So you watch film, you lift, you walk through, and then you get Tuesday, Wednesday to practice. So if you are running a scheme – that is different than the other teams in the conference or your schedule or your region or you know whatever verbiage you want to use there. The different teams you play <laughs> that, that are on your schedule, right? Um, then it gives you a shot, right, to be good. So if you have a different style of offense or a different style of defense and the other teams having to prepare for you, then you're like, oh, man, you know um, – we got a chance because they're only getting to prepare for it really two days a week. Or excuse me, two days that week because, um, you know, Monday is JV and then Thursday's walkthrough and Friday is the game day. So um, I would say as just kind of a wrap-up to this offense philosophy um, three-part podcast, which is a first for me, right, um, that obviously number one personnel dictates everything. And number two, right, mold your personnel, put the chess pieces where they need to be to be a little unique for the people you're playing against. Because 
you don't want to be an easy preparation for people week in and week out. Uh, you want to be something that's a little different than maybe what is seen on a week-to-week basis on in your conference, your region, your district, whatever, um, whatever you want to call it. So um, those are those are my thoughts. I'm a pretty simple guy. I went longer on the other ones um, as far as you know what was my philosophy. How does it match up? Um, to where I've coached, where I've played. Um, but this last one was just some, some really just some, some thoughts. And I would love to have feedback. If anybody has feedback, just, you know, shoot me a tweet at mind of an FB coach, um, shoot me a direct message. Um, you know, we can, we can talk some ball because this off season, I know for me, I'm trying to find, find an edge, right. For our offense, for our defense, for special teams, um, to be able to get to get us over over the hump, um, I think we're close, uh, but I think that we need a little something else, something that um, that is unique. That's something that will help us to be uh, the best version of ourselves that that we can be. And obviously, weight room is a, a big part of that, and we're into that now. And that may be my next series of podcasts too. Who knows? I I do these kind of on a whim and um, just let it let it rip. Um, but I hope this was helpful, and um, thank you for listening. And I will put this up shortly. <laughs>